This is a GRDC podcast. Across the country, many growers have not had much of a break between harvest and this season's operations. This comes on top of a tough couple of years that included a raft of challenges brought on by the unpredictability of Mother Nature, as well as a global pandemic. I'm Sally Maguire, and today we're exploring how can we all take steps to maintain a healthy mindset while under pressure. I spoke to Kim Huckabee from The Wellbeing Effect, and first up I asked Kim how we can recognise when our own mental health and well-being is struggling. I'm so glad that we've started off with that question because it is something that I think a lot of people find quite challenging to identify. I think that sometimes when we look at other people, it's easier to recognize when someone else is struggling, but it's a lot harder to look inwards and and look to ourselves to see when that is. So one of the main things that uh, our go-tos is around really recognizing when we are seeing changes in someone. Mental Health First Aid Australia looks at these in three ways, and and that is looking at maybe major changes in our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviour. And I mean, look, that can be quite tricky because that's our own lived experience as part of our norm. But I think that if we really take that time to be self-aware and mindful, we will see and we will recognise and know when we are changing, when our thoughts and our feelings are deviating from our norm, when our behaviours are looking a little bit different. The other one that we need to really recognise is whatever is going on for us, is this impacting our ability to function and get on with our everyday life? So is this impacting our ability to work? to engage in our relationships and be with our family, hang out with our friends, that kind of thing. And lastly, whatever's going on for this person, it just doesn't seem to be going away. So it's just, it's hanging around for longer than we would have expected it to. So like I said, these things are often easier to recognise in others, but if we can try and recognise those within ourselves, then that would be obviously the way that we would know when we are struggling. So Kim, when that has been identified, how can someone then go about reaching out for support? I think that uh, this is probably one of the most difficult and most challenging things to do. I know that for a lot of the people that I've supported and and worked with over the last 20 years, this is probably the thing that people find the hardest to do. And my number one recommendation here is to go and see a GP. Sometimes easier said than done. And often we do need people around us to support us to be able to do that. But GPs are fantastic. They're a great first uh, point of contact in order to understand what's going on, where they can do mental health assessments and may be able to refer us to the most appropriate professional. One of the things I do often find is that we have as human beings, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because it's not so easy to do in terms of reaching out for help, is that we have these barriers. We have things in place that make it quite challenging. So again, it's just, it's looking inwards and it's identifying what is that barrier for me? Is it that I don't know where to go for help? Is it that I don't know what it's going to look like when I take a step inside that GP's office and I'm scared about what a mental health assessment looks like? Is it the finances? Is it the accessibility? You know, what is it? So it's really important for us to identify what it is that is stopping us and limiting us from reaching out for that help. And once we've done that, again, easier said than done, but once we've identified what that is and might be reaching out to a close family member or a friend and getting them to support us to take that step forward. But what we do know is that step is an important step. So at a practical level, what sort of things can people be doing to maintain a healthy mindset when they are under pressure? 
As you mentioned in the intro, there are so many unexpected challenges happening in the farming community. I mean, just when we think everything's okay, something else is coming up and there's been so much that has happened, whether it's, you know, the extreme weather conditions, the rocketing costs of farming inputs, uh, mental health issues, you know, the aftershocks after our global pandemic. I mean, you know, the list goes on. And so it is absolutely essential to maintain that healthy mindset. And, and there are certainly some ways in which we can do that. The number one thing that I mean, I could harp on about this for hours, but I won't. I know we only have a short time together. But the first thing that I talk about and I, I recommend is self-care. It's really about looking after ourselves. And I know that, again, it's easier said than done, but it's one of those things that it is absolutely critical when we are out there doing what we do in this world. It's so important that we know how to take care of ourselves. I think a lot of us know what to do. You know, what is it that I, I like to do that makes me feel good and but actually doing it and knowing how to do it can be really challenging. But looking after ourselves is key. Number two, I mean, really about how we talk to ourselves, I think is a really important one. So when we are faced with some of these extreme challenges that are just being thrown at us and, you know, what is that self-talk? How do we talk to ourselves and how do we manage to maintain that positive mindset when it just feels like everything is against us? And then thirdly, it's really, for me, it was around community, which I think is, again, and such a critical component. We all don't live in silo, in isolation from our communities and especially in our rural communities. They are everything to everyone and, and embracing that, knowing how to look after ourselves and each other is a really beautiful place to start. Kim, how does having an action plan in place or having steps that you can take help with maintaining a healthy mindset? I think having a plan in place is something that helps with sustainability and longevity. And what I mean by that is when we're talking about pressure that we have in our lives and this continuous pressure that we know exists for farmers, agronomists, families, community, we know that that exists. It almost feels that at times people want this one finite way of maintaining a healthy mindset and looking after ourselves, that it's just going to be this one thing that we have to do. But in actual fact, it's long-term. And I think that for all of us in terms of an action plan. It's about thinking about, all right, how can we actually implement some of these things into our lives? What does this look like? And so it's having, when I say the skill, I guess it's around having that understanding of, as I mentioned, that self-talk process and then also self-care. How do we actually implement some of these things into our lives long-term so that when we are faced with these extreme challenges, that this just becomes part of our norm. I'm not saying that it's not going to be hard. I'm not saying it's not going to be challenging. It definitely is but we have these things to fall back on. We have some of these self-care strategies implemented into our lives so we can handle those times a bit easier. So hopefully that makes a, a little bit of sense. But in terms of the self-talk, I have a, a friend, a colleague, she's amazing. Her name's Amy Jacobson. She's an emotional intelligence expert. And she actually talks a little bit about our mindset. Often, when these big things come up, people often want to push their emotional responses away or they refuse at airtime. But what we know is that this doesn't mean that these things go away. So some people force themselves to be positive, and I have no doubt that you and, and your listeners have heard of that term, toxic positivity, where everything just has to be positive. We have to be grateful for everything. And all of those things are absolutely, they're a great strategy to use. But what happens is when we do push those things away and we try and be positive all the time, it's like she uses this analogy of a hose. I thought it might connect in with some of the people listening to this podcast. But, you know, if you put your hand over a hose when it's turned on, what happens is that we might keep the water 
water in that hose for a little while. However, what we also know is that eventually that water is going to seep out. It's going to start coming through our fingers and eventually it's going to create a really big pressure and build up until it explodes when it's finally let out. And I guess, you know, when we come back to our mindset and looking after ourselves, we want to ensure that that doesn't happen. We want to make sure that we can actually have these things in place so we don't end up exploding at the end. Are there any examples you can give us, perhaps some strategies that people can have in their toolkit if they are feeling under pressure? Yeah, definitely. So look, I'm going to give you a couple. So in regard to what I just spoke about with that whole self-talk piece, because it is quite easy to get caught up in negative thoughts and and self-talk, but by practicing some positive talk, but also by reframing our thoughts and beliefs in a more positive way can be really helpful. So the first one is when we are faced with a situation that is really challenging, it's about being self-aware and it's about how we're choosing to respond in this situation. You know, it's really for us, it's about understanding what are the external factors that are taking place, but how are we choosing to respond in this moment? And it's important for us to then go, okay, wait, what am I thinking here? What am I feeling? And just allowing it to be what it is, feeling the impact that it's having on you, but also on those around you. And then the third part of this is around asking, what do I normally do in situations like this? And if it's helpful, we want to continue on and do that again, right? But if it's not helpful, then maybe it's a time to do something different. And at that point, it's part of a choice. So we're figuring out, all right, so what do I do? Do I do the same thing I've always done, even though it hasn't been helpful? Or am I going to try something different this time? So that's in regard to, I guess, that whole self-talk piece, because I think that has a really big impact on our mindset. In terms of the self-care, like I said, I can talk about this forever. With this, it really comes down to understanding what we can be doing to look after ourselves. What are some of those things? that take care of us. And I think for a lot of people that I've worked with over the last 20 years, they often tell me, yeah, but self-care is a luxury, Kim. I don't have time to do this. They see it as this luxury, whereas in my world, I see it as a necessity. And maybe that's because I've been in this space for over 20 years now. I've burnt out myself and I know how critical self-care is. And I use that oxygen mask analogy from the plane. You know, when you're sitting on a plane and they say, okay, everyone needs to put their own oxygen mask on before they help someone else. And I'll never forget when I was on the plane with my now 15-year-old, but when he was a baby, so 15 years ago, and I thought, okay, I better pay close attention to what's going on in the safety instructions. And they said, all right, so, you know, you put your own oxygen mask on. And I thought, well, of course I'd put it on my child first uh, before me, because of course I would do anything for him until I actually realized that if something happened to me and I lost consciousness, there's no way I could help him or anyone else for that matter. So the same thing goes into our lives. It is absolutely critical that we put our own oxygen masks on to take care of ourselves because the benefits of self-care are huge. Impacts our mindsets, it helps us reframe things. There's obviously, there's a reduction in our stress. It increases relaxation. And and of course, it creates what I like to call healthy habits. And, And this is, again, something that I speak a lot about because, again, we know sometimes what we should be doing, but how do we actually do it? That can be the hard part. So I thought maybe that would be something I shared with everyone today. Habits are an interesting beast just in terms of how we create habits in our lives and things that become automatic. I mean, if we think about for example, brushing our teeth, putting our seatbelt on, having a coffee in the morning. These things were once behaviours. So all of the habits we have in our lives, all the things that are automatic were once mindful behaviours. So one of the ways that we can actually practice self-care and have that long-term sustainable impact, which I spoke about earlier, is to do what we call habit stacking. 
Habit stacking is a term, I read about it actually when I was reading a great book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he spoke about how when you are wanting to create a habit in your life, so something that resembles self-care for you, to actually stack that new behavior with an existing habit. So for example, I'll just quickly give you one of mine, but uh, coffee is definitely my chosen vice and my habit that I, you know, every morning I sit down, I have my cup of coffee and I really wanted to start journaling. And I mean, now it's automatic, but back then it was a new behavior. And I put my journal or my book and my pen next to my coffee machine. And so when I sat down to have my coffee, I would just write a couple of sentences. So I was stacking a new behavior with an existing habit of drinking coffee. And now what do you know? (laughs) I journal. Yes, journaling is such a great habit. Now, you mentioned it earlier, but what about the people around us when we notice that other people are struggling? How do we go about having those conversations? As I mentioned, community is everything, especially in the work I've done in rural communities. And when we recognize that someone else is struggling, my number one go-to is around just stepping forward and having a chat with someone. And I know that sounds pretty self-explanatory, but in my line of work and in my experience, what I often find is that people either take a step back or they think, oh no, I'm sure they'll be okay. If you are noticing changes in someone, if you're concerned about someone, please just step forward to have that conversation with them. You know, it's one of those things that if we don't step forward, maybe that person won't access the help that they need, or maybe they won't have someone that they can talk to. So I know it's easier said than done. In a lot of my speaking, my training that I do, I definitely feel that for a lot of us, it's having that confidence to step forward. And while it can be hard, I think that is absolutely essential in helping someone get the support that they need. Kim, you've given us so much practical advice today. Thank you so much for that. And I just wanted to finish off by asking you to share a story that I know you have about the trouble tree. Sure thing. Look, this is definitely a winner for a lot of people, but... um All right. The trouble tree. Again, I read this so many years ago and uh, it's something that I've taken in my toolkit for many years. And I've jumped online, honestly, to try Google this a million times. The author is unknown. And so if I do read this out and it's your piece of writing, uh, you can please let me know and let us know. But like I said, I've been trying to find it for a very long time, but this is a story of the trouble tree and I'll just read it out word for word as it was written. So The carpenter I hired to help me restore an old farmhouse had just finished a rough first day on the job. A flat tyre made him lose an hour of work, his electric saw didn't start, and now his ancient pickup truck refused to start. While I drove him home, he sat in stony silence. On arriving, he invited me in to meet his family, and as we walked toward the front door, he paused briefly at a small tree, touching the tips of the branches with both hands. When opening the door, he underwent an amazing transformation. His tanned face was all smiles and he hugged his two small children and gave his wife a kiss. Afterward, we walked to the car. As we passed the tree, my curiosity got the better of me. So I asked him about what I had seen him do earlier. Oh, that's my trouble tree, he replied. I know I can't help having troubles on the job, but one thing's for sure. Troubles don't belong in the house with my wife and the children. So I just hang them up on the tree every night when I come home. Then in the morning... I pick them up again. Funny thing is, he smiled. When I come out in the morning to pick them up, there ain't nearly as many as I remember hanging up the night before. That was Kim Huckabee from The Wellbeing Effect with some practical advice about maintaining a healthy mindset under pressure. 
More information on this topic can be found in the description box of this podcast or by visiting Kim's website, thewellbeingeffect.com.au. I'm Sally Maguire. This has been a GRDC podcast. Thanks for listening. Listening.